Hello, hello, hello. This is Zach Brittle. I'm here with Laura Heck. You're listening to Marriage Therapy Radio. Today, we're talking about the secret to effective communication. And I do think it's the secret. I know that this gets overplayed a lot because there's tons of tips and tricks about how to effectively communicate. There might even be a bunch of secrets, but I've been playing with this one with clients all week. They dig it. I hope you will too. Thanks. Good afternoon, Mr. Zachary Brittle. How's it going? Mr. Christopher Zach. Um, no, Christopher good. Zachary. Christopher. It's not Christopher Zach. It's Christopher Zachary. Christopher Zachary. Yeah. Good. I'm. I'm actually a little. Uh, I went to the doctor, the primary care physician, to check out. I was getting these migraines more than oh, usual. Oh yeah, I saw that. I saw that. And uh, do you get migraines? Do you experience? No, I that? don't. I didn't. I just saw that on Facebook today or, or recently. <laughs> Because I was going back to look for that thing you wrote about the speedos, but I think we, I think we chased you away. <laughs> I did. I, I grammar has never been a strong suit, Zach, and you have always been such a helpful helper in pointing that out to me. <laughs> so Laura writes this sentence on Facebook today, <clears throat> and I catch this one mistake and I'm like, oh, I'm just going to correct it real quick in the comments. And so I put a little asterisk in correct it. I'm just, just going to real, real quickly point out your error. And then we have this other buddy, Mike, who noticed a second error and he <laughs> he corrected it, <laughs> corrected the second one. So you had this like sentence with these two corrections from her two mansplaining friends that she has. And uh, you guys are I went like back to check, I went back to show it to Rebecca and I was like, oh no, she deleted it. I think... <laughs> <laughs> I think we chased her off the internet. Oh, there are so many things in life that I feel pretty confident and competent in, and grammar is not one of them. I yeah. blame it on that one year of English uh, in Canada. That's that's I always right blame that's it. That's why I'm here to help. <laughs> and the sentence that I put on Facebook was, "It was uh, what is it? Men and men is speedos always makes me happy." <laughs> Men yeah, is speedos always makes me happy. <laughs> it was a slight moment of joy um, where my thumbs could not properly text right on. Right on. onto my phone. So anyway, sorry about your headaches. That's okay. But, you know, the primary care physician took me off all caffeine. So I can, I'm like, now I'm alcohol free and I'm, I'm free of all coffee in the morning. You say that while drinking your Diet Coke, which is so sweet. Thank you so much. I picked up on that. Yeah. So if I'm not as perky as I normally seem and I'm a little uh, less gracious with you, that's because I'm caffeine free right now. Hey, I wanted to tell you I had two uh, little celebrity moments relative to the podcast, which means people are listening to it. Okay. Do tell. I was working Were in you event. like, hey, you're that guy that works with Laura. <laughs> <laughs> I was working an event this weekend and... Um, this couple was there and I, I walked up and they, I had my name tag on and they and they said, you're Zach? And I was like, yeah, that's who I am. They're like, we listen to your podcast. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. Like, that's you? Yes. They, li- they were literally starstruck. It was the most amazing thing I've ever experienced. Um, Did they ask to take a picture with you? No, they didn't. Can I tell you, I've had one experience, maybe two experiences. So whenever I teach Wait, the I had principles. Two. I had two. I know. I'm just interjecting, just interjecting between your two. I'll be the cream in between your Oreo sandwich. All right. So I've been at the airport after teaching and twice now people that have been in my class 
have found me in the airport and they sort of like flag me down and they take a picture with me and I feel like such a celebrity. I really play it up. I'm like, no more, no more flash photography, please. No. (laughs) Okay. What's your second experience? Well, the other one was, uh, believe it or not, my pastor uh, came up to my wife at church last week because I wasn't there because I was working this event. Mm -hmm. And he was like, I need to tell you this. There's this lady at our church and she's dying to meet you. And Rebecca was like, dying to meet me? And and he was like, yeah. And Rebecca said, you know, why? She said, well, she she and her small group have been listening to the podcast and yes. they love Zach and Laura and they love you, Rebecca, and they cannot believe mm-hmm. that you that you guys go to our church and they just want to meet you both so bad. Um, but since I never see Zach at church, I thought that they would let <laughs> <laughs> they could meet uh, you. Um <clears throat> But I want to say hi to those ladies and shout out and thank you for listening. And uh, I hope that this is helpful to you. We have a we have a cool episode today. I, I I stumbled onto something this last week with some clients that I think is actually really interesting and helpful. So we're, I'm excited to talk about it. Anyway, hi. Maybe we'll see you at church sometime. And I also want to say hi to the small group yeah, since right you're on. listening for the both of us. Yeah. All right. So what are we talking about? How did you come? How did you come across this? I'm just curious how this kind of like um, struck you as an important topic to talk about. Well, I a couple things. I mean, the event that I was at was um, one of John and Julie Gottman's uh, Art and Science of Love conferences, and they teach for two days straight. And I've done I don't know ten or twelve of these, and I feel like I I understand the content pretty well. But what happens is. I usually leave and recognize that there's some theme that John and Julie are hitting um, that maybe isn't the theme they hit the last time um, and that they they have emphasized. And and I don't know if they did this on purpose, but my experience this last weekend was they really were talking about, particularly in the midst of conflict, how do you set your partner up to be able to hear you? Mm -hmm. There's all these rules about how to do conflict. I mean, there's tons of them. Um, And, there's lots of different strategies and tools and tricks, but the reality is if if you don't start out in a position or a condition where the conversation can go well, it's not going to go well. And 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 for me, you know, I always like to come at things from the opposite. I like to think about things in the most ridiculous way in order to make sense of the the plain way. But, Sounds about right. But, yeah. But for example, we all know that if we wanted to have a meaningful conversation, we should not wait until our partner gets into the shower and then start the conversation from the other room, right? We know mm-hmm. how to start. We know how to set a conversation up to go badly. Um, or just the other right. night I was watching, um, I, I had kind of settled down and was ready to kind of go to bed and I got into the bed and I, I put on my headphones and I started my show Westworld, which we need to talk about still. Um, Rebecca comes in, she says, I want to talk about something. And I'm like, this is the worst. Like, why would you do that? I literally just walked in here and put my headphones on to be done with talking to anyone. And now, you know what I mean? So that conversation wasn't set up to go well. And right. to me, it really emphasizes the opposite point, which is if we're going to try and do important conversations, we mm-hmm. have to set our partners up to be able to hear us. We have to set them up to mm-hmm. go well. And I want to talk about ways to do that because the ways that might work for me might not work for you and they might not work for everybody else. But I think that we can brainstorm a little bit and see how it goes. Yeah. Yeah, good. Well, I thought I mean, I I love that you were bringing this up because I had a very very similar conversation with 
partners that I was working with, couples. And um, and it kind of stuck out to me where it was like I was watching watching the way it was going down and basically pinpointing all the ways in which it was going wrong. And then once I pinpointed all the ways it was going wrong, because those are pretty easy to identify, mm-hmm. um, I, I turned it around, started saying, you know, why don't we try this next time? I think this might be helpful. So here's my first tip, and you can elaborate on it. And I'm sure we have very similar tips because we're similarly trained. but. Um, my tip is that you need to get your partner's buy-in. And I literally looked up the word buy-in, like the phrase buy-in. What does that really mean? Because I was feeling a little incompetent due to our earlier interaction on Facebook today. (laughs) And, um, to, to get somebody's buy-in is to believe or support an idea to, to agree with it. And, anytime you want to have a conversation with your partner, I think it's important that you have their agreement and their support in having a conversation because otherwise it's just a monologue. You're really wanting, you're seeking the buy-in to have a dialogue rather than just a monologue. And one of the best ways to do that is to just ask for permission is that, you know, it's, it can be often considered disrespectful when you are entering your partner's inner space, their cognitive space by just interjecting yourself. And I think it's really helpful to just certainly say, there's something really important I want to talk to you about is now a good time. And your partner then has the opportunity to buy in and say, yes, now is a great time or no, this is, this is the worst time you could have, you know, I'm super busy at work. Um, I'm right in the middle of an email, whatever it might be. Um, and then you can say, okay, if now is not a good time, then when, when would a good time be? And then again, your partner is putting it now it's on them. Now they are the ones that get to say, you know, why don't I make some time and we can sit down in an hour and have this conversation. So that phrase that I teach couples is, there's something really important I want to speak to you about is now a good time. And that's all about getting your partner's buy-in. What do you think about that, Zach? Well, I think- What do you think about that, huh? I think that's really brilliant, Laura. I think that you did a good job with that. Um, I have long said that one of my- Top three favorite questions all time for couples is that question, is now a good time for exactly the reason that mm. you described it? Because, well, I'll just leave it at that. Like, I think it's on my list <laughs> of of top three because it sets the expectation. It sets the tone. Um, and I think that's part of the whole idea of setting your partner up for success. And, and my story, like kind of my story for this is um, I, I remember when I was in uh, middle school, we had a dog and I did something to the dog. I don't know what I did to the dog. I forget. I hurt it in some way, but it was my mom's dog. And I walked up uh, to her bedroom where she was. And I remember saying to my mom, Hey mom, um, I need to tell you something and I need you to let me finish. And when I'm finished, I want you to wait 60 seconds before you say anything. I need you to give me like a whole minute. And I was a pretty astute middle school. so badly middle school. would have liked to have known who you were at middle school. I know. But a middle schooler communicating with an adult like this is pretty amazing. Isn't that, isn't that pretty cool? Yeah. I just, I, but yeah. I remember it really distinctly. And, and the reason I remember it distinctly is because I gave my mom this story about the dog. Her name was Banjo, the dog. And whatever I did to her, which I knew was harmful or bad. And then my mom waited. My mom waited a whole minute. She sat there for a whole minute. And... In a time when she should have and could have and probably would have gotten really angry at me, she didn't. She had time to like 
sit there and evaluate exactly what was happening, who she was talking to, what she was talking about, and how to pursue a meaningful solution. So I that's always stuck with me in the sense that like I think setting your partner up or setting your listener up to understand mm-hmm. what you need from them in order mm-hmm. to help the conversation go well is really important. And I and I do this with couples all the time. I say sometimes you just need to go, hey, I need to I need to just vent for a second. Don't interrupt me. Let me just get this off my chest. I don't need a solution. Mm-hmm. I mean, really just telling them mm-hmm. what you need. Yeah. And especially if they're right. prone to get defensive about it, mm-hmm. let them ask them for time. Ask them for 60 seconds, for 30 seconds. Ask them to go away and sleep on it. Um so that you can move the you can move the actual topic forward because I think if you if you suspend the the importance of the relationship or the value of the relationship in favor of your own need to respond, then we miss the mark. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, so it sounds like what you're saying is that establishing some really clear boundaries for the communication for for what's going to happen uh, up front to get, but together, right? Like you can't really establish mm-hmm. bound. My my mom had to agree, right? She had to say, okay, I'll do that. And, but mm-hmm. it's not like you say, here's the boundaries for this conversation as much as to say, Hey, how do we, can, can we agree that right now this is the purpose of this conversation is to, is for me to vent or is for, for us mm-hmm. to make a decision or, um, for mm-hmm. us to fight. Like, I think fighting can be okay when it's done well and fair. And, but I think yeah. sometimes one person wants to fight and the other person just wants to, just wants to complain. So, yeah, I think it, what you just said is really important is establishing the purpose of the conversation. And man, I, I was thinking about this last night. So my husband comes to me and, and it, it is late and late at night. And I will tell you, I did not want to be having this conversation. I was feeling all the feelings at night <laughs> that a, a woman very attracted to her husband was feeling. And he was really, he was coming home and it was the first time we were connecting and he really just wanted to talk and vent about what was going on at work. And it was killing the mood. It really was. But I listened and the purpose of the conversation, all I kept thinking was just listen, just listen, don't try and solve the problem. But it turns out my husband didn't ask me not to try and solve the problem. He didn't preface this with, I just need to vent, just listen to me. Um, and so I just kind of started entering into problem solving and it was a really wonderful conversation. I actually probably felt more connected to him through this conversation of problem solving and talking about his problems that he was going through at work and just giving him some ideas and solutions and going back and forth than what I may have felt connected doing some other things that I probably would have preferred to do late at night in bed with my husband. <laughs> but Instead, I, you know, I was having that conversation, but oftentimes I tell couples it is important to preface, uh, especially if you do just want to talk and vent and you don't want your problem to be solved. You don't want your partner to be diving in and just trying to give you some solutions. And, um, and I broke my rule and I'm actually glad I did last night because I think that it was helpful for him. And I actually asked him, I was like, was this helpful? He said, yeah, I think I got something out of this. I think I looked at some things in a different way, which was really great. What other, um, I'm curious, curious for you, what are some other suggestions that you have for couples of how, how to, um, what's like a hidden secret of communication, how to get your partner, set them up to listen, to hear you. I think physical space is really important too. I mean, I I always wonder about why people feel, um, 
or why they don't get into all out brawls in my office. Why don't couples like really just start to like attack each other or do the thing that they do at home? And it's, and they say mm-hmm. the same thing. Well, it's not the purpose of this time. There's a referee here. You know, we feel like we, we want to use it. And I'm like, you can do that at your house. You can create <laughs> couch time at your house. In fact, I have a couple who, who has couch time. They honor couch time. Uh, and they'll just ask one of them will ask them, ask for it. Hey, can I have some couch time? And it's almost like, um, is now a good time? And if the other person says, no, I, it's not time for couch time. But when they do have couch time, when they get on the couch, they face each other, they are ready, they are open to, um, mm-hmm. to hearing things that are difficult, they are, they're prepared, they're present, you know, mm-hmm. they're really setting themselves up for, the, the couch has become this sort of sacred space to yeah, use it. Yeah, it sounds like a ritual. Um, and so I think physical space can matter too. I mean, in the same way that not having a conversation between the shower and the kitchen uh, is mm-hmm. not effective, you know, making sure that you protect this, this special space in, in a certain amount of time. And maybe that's even part of it too. I think a lot of times uh, pe- people, maybe men especially, don't want to get into a conversation because they, they don't know when it's going to end. Um, right. But say, hey, yeah. let's, let's just talk for <laughs> 10 minutes because if, you're, if you really are in, in a lifetime together, um, it doesn't matter if you talk for 10 minutes or, or, or an hour. It matters that you, that you keep the conversation going in a productive way as you move through your life together. So mm-hmm. I think physical space is interesting. The, the, the other yeah. thing I would want to mention too is, especially if you're a therapist, uh, um, I had a really powerful interaction with a couple yesterday. We were talking about this very same thing, setting your partner up to hear you. And we were doing pretty good until we got to like the last, I don't want to- Pretty pretty well. Doing pretty, nice. (laughs) Nicely done. We were doing, we were doing pretty well until about the last, Uh I want to say 20 minutes of the hour. And it started to kind of go off the rails and I let it happen for a little while. They, they went back and forth and they were kind of missing the point, missing each other. And so I had just said, Hey, let's pause for one second. Let's, let's not care about the topic for a second. Um, let's reflect briefly on how well do you think the two of you did on setting each other up to hear you? And mm. they just went, Oh, I wasn't even thinking about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we literally spent a half an hour talking about it. And so yeah. it's a really easy thing to forget unless you mm-hmm. make it a priority and you say, Hey, no, if you're not hearing me, maybe it's my fault. Mm-hmm. Not a hundred percent. If you're not, if maybe, yeah. you know, so, and you need to back up and say, hold on a second, let me reset or recalibrate or, or go ahead yeah. and ask is now a good time again. You know, I, I had an interesting conversation also with a couple and they're very different in how they communicate. They're just very different human beings. And we talked about this topic and it was basically how they approached one another. When he approaches problem solving and conflict conversations with his wife, he approaches it as he has approached many other conflicts in his life as a doctor. And mm. as a doctor, he has learned you cut out the fluff and you really, you just are very direct. Um, rigid is a word that he had used. And he's using all of these words to describe the way he's communicating with his wife. And his wife describes herself as an empath. And I'm thinking, that's very interesting. So the way that you're addressing conflict with your wife, who's going to be hearing you, is by using rigid and stern. And I mean, he's using all these words. It's like the opposite of how he should be communicating with his wife. And then I was talking to his wife and I said, well, how do you address conflict with him? 
And she started to explain. And I said, does that work for you? Do you find yourself listening? He says, no, I wish you would use half the words. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, okay, guys. So now we've addressed that the way in which you're communicating with your partner is missing the mark. You're, you're not talking to them in a way that's setting them up to really listen to you. I mean, if she starts using all the feeling words and she starts going into these long, drawn-out stories, he's going to tune out. And so she really has to be cognitive of the way in which she addresses conflict with him and and vice versa. So it is an important thing. So I would say, you know, just understand who your audience is, right? Anytime sure. I go to give a speech, I always need to know who the audience is that I'm addressing. And I will tell you, I have blown some speeches up where I did not know my audience and I communicated so poorly because I was addressing things that did not pertain to them. And it just, I walked away feeling like an absolute idiot. And uh, you really need to know who your audience is. And it sounds like the goal that you have in mind and establishing boundaries. And what are the other things that we covered? You know, asking it, getting the buy in. Yeah. I think in, at, at the end of the day, it's really about how do you set your partner up to hear you? Um, and if mm -hmm. both of you are committed to that, the conversation may be clunkier and it may not go as um, sort of directly from A to B as you would wish, but the relationship stays intact, which is, I think, ultimately the goal. Do you think it would be helpful just for, for partners that are listening to this now to simply ask their partner and say, what would help you to hear me better? Just to ask that question. Of, of course. How could I, yeah. how can I communicate with you in order for you to hear me better? Yeah. That it would be really interesting to hear. I might ask Ryan that tonight at dinner. Yeah. I'm taking him on a mystery date, by the way. He doesn't know about it. Cool. It's a secret. Yeah. Yeah. You're going on a mystery date. That sounds cool. I'm going to a high school musical. Not not the one that was on TV on the Disney Channel, but an actual musical at a high school. Okay. Is your, one of your daughters in it? Yeah, Abby. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Well, high five, and we'll we'll meet again next week. Right on. Say. See ya. Thanks so much for listening. We were talking about the hidden secret of communication. Fun fact that I didn't mention in the episode is that the way that you begin a conversation, whether you begin it gently, whether you are kind with your partner, whether you are starting by asking whether or not they are ready to have the conversation, 96% of the time that conversation is going to follow suit. So it really is powerfully important to think about how you can communicate with your partner so that your partner is hearing you, so that you're setting your partner up for success. Anyway, we wanted to thank you so much for listening to Marriage Therapy Radio. If you haven't visited our website, it's marriagetherapyradio.com. And on our website, we actually have a link to our Patreon page where you can become a patron of Marriage Therapy Radio, which we would thank you very much for. Um, and then as always, we're always responding back to anyone who's listening to our uh, study group that's in Washington that's listening. If you have any questions, send us questions directly to info at fourbetter.us and we will respond back to you or we will just uh, we'll, we'll talk back at you on our podcast. Thanks so much for your time and your energy that goes into making your relationship better today than it was yesterday. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. 
With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.